Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here I am. Okay, how many of you have the kind of post-Thanksgiving doldrums? You ate all the turkey, you ate all the stuffing, kind of feel stuffed still, you're just lolling around. That's how I am. I had such a good Thanksgiving. I hope you did too. My pie, my 11-year-old pie, the little lattice top cherry pie, that's on my Instagram. You can see it. It turned out terrific. I am one proud mama. Yep, on Instagram, I am at Dearly Dara. I'm on Facebook, Dara.Grumdall, and I'm on the Twitter bot, at Dear Dara. You want to catch up on my exciting adventures in the lands of cherry pie, you go look. You can go look. But otherwise, I thought... What else could we talk about today? No one wants to talk food. You want to talk something more energetic and yet also thinner. And that would be coffee and tea. We're doing a full coffee and tea hour. We're getting in the cutting edge. We're finding out all the things. I have guests today from Northern Coffee Works and Jinx Tea. Anything you want to know about coffee and tea, you got to text in. 651-989-9226, and we're just going to leap into all of it. I have Jeff and John right here in the studio. Josh, I did that in the screen room. I'm doing it again, Jeff and Josh. So Josh Clauk and Jeff Hilgoss, uh, they're business partners in all things Northern Coffee Works. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for having us. All right, so tell you got like a whole manly man situation going on in the Twin Cities with like outdoor gear and coffee and fishing poles and all things bicycles, bicycles, bicycles. Let's let's break it down. Uh, one of you, tell me what is the whole empire that is Northern Coffee Works? <laughs> uh, well, it all started with not Northern Coffee Works. It started with Angry Catfish Bicycles, which also had a coffee shop in it. Uh, about 10 years ago this January. So this is one of the first, what they call, third wave coffee places in town. I remember going in, and it's a little confusing because there's, like, beautiful bicycle gear and yet a very serious coffee counter right on the corner of, what is it? Uh, it's 42nd Street and 28th Avenue South by Lake Hiawatha. Oh, yeah, so right down by Lake Hiawatha. I got Buster's on 28th is right there, a great burger bar. And Baker's Wife's Pastries is right there. Like, it's just a happening retail node in South Minneapolis. And then you kind of came in with this, like, interesting concept. And apparently, people were into it. They were. People still walk in the door and say, you sell bikes and coffee? (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, yes, we do. It seems pretty obvious when you walk in the door, but people are very confused. So, All right. So you're some kind of perfectionist because you were like, the bikes that other people make, that's not good enough. And then you started making bikes. We did start making our own bikes. So a few years ago, uh, we worked with a lot of different bike manufacturers, some based in Minnesota, some based across the United States. And uh, we decided that we wanted to 
start from scratch and be able to build our own bikes in Minneapolis. So you can come into Angry Catfish, get measured. Uh, we'll take your measurements and basically put you on a bike that's completely adjustable and create a geometry of bicycle that perfectly fits you. And then you wait about 12 weeks and we'll come back and say, here's your bike and build it up for you. See, I didn't know that you were doing that because the only thing I know about that is custom made like that is like your suit for your wedding. But this is like, you know, because people's legs are different lengths, your torso is different lengths. So it makes sense that that would be a thing, but it seems very luxurious and like uh Oh, Lord Tootlepoof is here to get his custom-made bicycle. Like, it seems, like, fancy. It's completely bespoke, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so I have noticed the bikes and coffee thing – uh, it has – is this because it happens all over the Twin Cities? There's a place on Washington, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one, they were doing a bike uh, coffee situation. Is this because people that are biking need coffee? Is that the, just the, the basic core of the idea? Uh, I think it relates more back to community. I think that uh, cyclists have never really had a clubhouse like a lot of other sports do. So being able to have a gathering place and some place to start or end a ride really makes a big difference um, when you're trying to have that community. Oh, so that's the – because there's that one on the Greenway too now that I think about it. So that's the – is that it's a place for diverse bicyclists to meet and then head off on their ride together? Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it for sure. And then – you can oogle and ogle all of the uh, fancy, shiny bits at the same time. I am. Uh, I, don't, I know my son is not listening to this. I have the idea of getting him one of those um, bicycle mitten situations that goes on the handlebars and it keeps your hands warm so that you can bicycle and the wind glances off. There's a lot of cool gear out there in bicycle world and a lot of cool coffee. All right, so you started at Angry Catfish and then you grew and grew and grew. We did, yeah. We added the, the custom-made bikes. Uh, we added a fly fishing, men's clothing, outdoor kind of store on the same uh, block as Angry Catfish called Mend Provisions. And then we wanted to expand. That Mend Provisions is really fun. I've, if people are looking for Christmas shopping, you know, stocking stuffer kind of stuff, um, just all this little like camping gear, groovy forks and knives and fishing poles and fancy uh, flies. Is that the pr proper way to say that? Just like it's very looking for stuff for the man in your life. It has got a bunch of – I was telling you these guys in the green room, I bought my son the titanium or the uh, element collector. He's got a little elements that he likes. A foldable titanium spoon. It's super light, and then he just loves it because it goes in his box of collectible things, and I love it because it's so cute. Uh, and so that's the kind of stuff that you can get at Mend. And then you just kept growing. You had a new – you went into downtown Minneapolis. And we went into downtown Minneapolis and started Northern Coffee Works. Uh, we wanted to – uh, take and own our distribution channel from a coffee perspective, much like we tried to do with bicycles and um, wanted to start our own roasting facility and we wanted to serve made from scratch food from uh, local purveyors, um, beer and wine. We wanted, yeah, we just wanted to keep expanding upon what we had started. You guys have a killer avocado toast at uh, Northern Coffee Works. All right, so Jeff, how did you, you walked into Angry Catfish and you were like, oh, I got a piece of this. I'm going to make this bigger. Is that how that went? <laughs> no, not exactly. But it was, it was more of a, uh, a function of I kind of spent 
years here in, in the Twin Cities looking at bike shops and walking into bike shops and having worked in them when I was a kid, I was a little bit like Goldilocks. I could never really find the bike shop that really seemed to have a vibe to it. And the minute I walked into Angry Catfish, it was like, this is it. This is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Really? So, but you were leading a, a grown-up career in business with spreadsheets and such things, right? Many, many spreadsheets. <laughs> Too many <laughs> spreadsheets. Still do that. Um, and, and that's fun work and good work, and it enables me to, to do these other fun things that have a bit more soul to them. All right. No, but seriously, though, you walked in and you said, this is the bike shop for me. We're going to grow this. Is that basically how it was? Well, sort of. I called Josh because I wanted to buy a particular bike. And he said, come on in and see me. And so I met Josh for the first time when I walked in. And we had a probably an hour and a half long conversation about bikes. And then eventually it led to a conversation about how do we take this somewhere else. And and I was able to uh, help him do that. So it's been a super big honor and pleasure. Oh, all right. So that's an interesting. It's a very Minnesota story of a uh, man walks into a coffee shop <laughs> and then, uh, wants a high-end bike and walks out with a business. Um, and so, <laughs> and now the coffee thing. So you guys, tell me about how it works now. You have some of the most, um, you know, kind of highest end, most luxurious, most wonderful coffee in town at Northern Coffee Works. So you buy directly from it's one of the i wrote about them uh, earlier this year uh, cafe imports is one of the biggest sort of independent importers of coffee in the world and they're right here in town and you buy directly from them and i imagine because you can go and get some FaceTime, um they know you yeah i mean especially caitlin uh Gibrixio, our Head lead roaster coffee director, um, but yeah, the relationship with Cafe Imports has been amazing. They've been able to kind of have a conversation with us and determine where we want to go with the coffee, and then they can find coffees in their uh, repertoire that are going to best fit us. Um, stuff that they can go out and buy, or stuff that they already have. Um, so it's it's an amazing relationship. So you roast them and blend them and, and you're, you know, so Caitlin brings a certain amount of the art to the to the, the cooking part of it, the chefy part of the coffee experience. That's right. Caitlin has an amazing palate and an ability to really discern flavors from the coffees and, and find a way to roast them to a point where it sort of perfectly extracts those flavors. And um, yeah, she's got a real talent. And her relationship with Cafe Imports is special also because we're a micro roaster, so we're not buying huge pallets of coffee, right? We're buying in small lots and we're typically buying spot coffee. And I mean, Cafe Imports is really a treasure for us here in the Twin Cities. We wouldn't be able to do this kind of, wouldn't be able to provide this without them. Yeah, because Cafe Imports, I mean, they are a massive national player, but they also are just people in town and they have these very, as far as I'm concerned, very sweet and wonderful relationships with a couple of roasters in town. You, uh, Spy House, you know, and so they kind of, whenever they get something like small that they want to know how it is, they kind of get it towards you and be like, why don't you see, why don't you do something with this that we can try here and our friends can try here and we can sort of, you know, bask in the glory of. And so that's a, that's a very nice thing for the Twin Cities. It's very special. Yeah. All right. And so you um, tell me how you see the coffee scene generally in the Twin Cities. I know I'm always a big booster, but what do you guys see? Oh, well, let's see. Should I start? I'll start. So 
the coffee scene here, I mean, it, it, it's it's a uh, a very vibrant coffee scene, and it stretches all the way from the major second wave players, and there's you know a Starbucks on every corner, down to the the small independent um, third wave coffee uh, purveyors, and you know there's there's a great distance in between, and so we like to kind of pitch that coffee doesn't have to just taste like coffee. We try to break that mold and say there's really a lot here, and not only to how the coffee tastes and how it's prepared, but also just to learn a, a bit more about how the industry works. Because it's a, it's a very troubled industry when you go all the way back to the, to the it growers. It is a very troubled industry. I think a lot of people don't know that commodity coffee is at just catastrophic lows as far as the farmers are concerned. And part of the reason we're having this um, you know, Guatemalan and Honduran immigration crisis is because people are flooding off the farms. They can't get a price for their coffee. They're going bankrupt. It's not unlike the, uh, you know, dust bowl migrations of the 1930s. And if you can't, uh, if you can't make money on your land, you eventually you got to go. You can't just eat the dirt. So that's that. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand um, you know, how much all of these systems are interrelated. You may think that the migration crisis is is separate from fancy coffee. It is not. It is all one thing. And the big players like Starbucks, they are just, you know, they don't lower their prices when commodity coffee prices go down. They just keep raising their prices. And so Starbucks is making all the money and these little farmers are not. And that'll conclude my Starbucks bashing for a bit here. But uh, so um, what do you, you know, what do you, so you see a diversity of players, obviously the big second waivers. And do people, you know, care about coffee sourcing? Is anybody on this uh, soapbox but me? Well, um, you're exactly right about about the story and, and how complex and, and sort of disturbing it is because it is. It's all interrelated and um, – you know, coffee as a as an industry, coffee exports are are around the world are growing, but margins are shrinking, right? Because of the commoditization of of uh, the lesser coffee beans on gigantic corporate farms. And so, what we're trying to do is just be a part of that conversation and sort of be a conversation starter. Um, one of the things we want to be able to do with our space at Northern Coffee Works in Minneapolis is to be able to have some conversations about the coffee industry and how it's working and and try to be as open and transparent about it as we possibly can because it's it's not easy and there's no silver bullet solution. Our our hope is that we can support the smaller farmers and really celebrate those coffees that they're producing, um, and then also try to make sure that the economics are are more equal throughout the the food chain. And I think that Cafe Imports has done a really good job. Of yeah, that ca- as well. Cafe Imports uh, has done so much. They bring people down there to meet the farmers. They do these auctions to get the price of the premium stuff up there. They do a lot of kind of hand selling to make sure that people that are buying coffee, people such as yourselves, uh, know, you know, the value in the individual farms. And, and they've done they've done so much. All right. We need to take a little break here for advertising so we can keep ourselves going. That's very important. And then we're going to come back. We're going to uh, talk some more to Josh and Jeff from Northern Coffee Works, all things about coffee and the great outdoors and just living our best Minnesota life and having coffee and looking out the window and thinking about when you're going to shovel the garage again. Uh, that'll be all the things. All right. We'll take a break here and come back in a minute on Off the Menu. Sarah here from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. 
You can find me on all those social media channels. You can find my latest brilliant storytelling at mspmag.com. I have some fun stuff up there. I got to answer these Dear Dara questions at great length. I answer your questions here briefly. Then if you uh, find me on mspmag.com, I got as pages. I answered a guy's question. He wanted to know about teriyaki restaurants. Would they fly in Minnesota? Well, that's a weird question, but I got a lot to say, and that's up there now. If you've ever thought, I would like to start a Seattle teriyaki shop here in town, well, someone else thought of that, and I answered why or why not it should be done. Kind of a niche, kind of interesting. All right, so I want to talk some more about Northern Coffee Works and why it is not just an urban hipster phenomena. You guys, so you have a few retail partners, people that want to buy your coffee. They can find it at northerncoffeeworks.com. But also, tell me about the little town of Crosby, Minnesota. Uh, Yeah, there's another small bike shop cafe in Crosby called Red Raven. Uh, Came out of the bloom of this beautiful uh, trail system called Cuyuna. And um, I've yeah. never been up to Cuyuna. People are obsessed. I know so many people uh, that just take a week off and go up there. And it is it used to be mine. Right. And that was a kind of redevelopment of it. People just love it. And the reason and it's red. That's what I hear is like the clay. The actual dirt is so full of iron that the whole thing is just red. But then in Crosby, there's a coffee shop called Red Raven. That's exactly right. Yeah, I actually grew up in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is not very far from Crosby at all. And Crosby was kind of a anomaly; it just existed out there. We didn't really visit it. And um, soon as I was leaving Brainerd for Minneapolis, the uh, trail system was kind of proposed and was developed uh, as I was gone. And now a lot of our clients and friends and us travel up there to ride the trails. There's probably forty to fifty miles of trails right now. Uh, they surround these pit mines that are just crystal clear water with trout and bass and northerns and all kinds of wildlife in them. Oh, um, I love that. Really great views. Um, and people yeah. fly in now from other parts of the country to do the Cuyuna, right? Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, I think Minnesota as a whole is trying to create a destination mountain bike um, situation. Duluth is blowing up. There's proposed trails all the way from Duluth to Canada, um, there's almost there's 100 miles of trails that wind their way through Duluth right now, so it's a okay, big deal. Okay, so that, one more thing i got to ask you before you go, and that is the whole outdoor coffee situation. You guys are kind of leaders in that. So let's say I actually managed to get a custom mountain bike for my odd little long-legged frame, and I get out there, and I'm biking along, and then I suddenly am like, flagging, need coffee. How do you make coffee when you're not near, say, the Red Raven in Crosby? Yeah, we often carry a, a full kit to make coffee on the trail from as much as a jet boil stove to a small hand grinder to our beans and our mugs and whip it all out and <laughs> get it going. Uh, it doesn't really take that long and definitely is a, a fun experience. I mean, same kind of community that you get by meeting at the coffee shop if you're gathered around a little stove on a trail. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I love that. It's just uh, it's so so fun. I know people that travel for work. I don't know if that counts as outdoor coffee, but you know when you're you're uh, putting in a you know forty thousand miles in a month, people will take a little hand grinder with them and uh, 
what is it, an AeroPress and kind of do all the things. I have a little, um, when I have to travel, I take a, I have like a steel French press that also doubles as a coffee thing. And so then I take ground coffee with me because the the grinding coffee on the road is too much, but I like pre-portion some ground coffee that I take my French press with me because once you have good coffee, it's lousy to go back. You don't like it. So true. And, and coffee on the road is 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 a big challenge, but you're exactly right. People, whether they're traveling for business or traveling for camping, et cetera, it's like the, the equipment now is compact enough and lightweight enough that it's very easy to, to put it together and have it with you. So you don't have to use the Keurig that's sitting in the hotel room. Oh, my God. That coffee is so stale. I have anybody who's listened to this show for a long time knows I bear enormous grudge against (laughs) all those little coffee systems because in addition to always being stale, if you actually do the math, the coffee ends up being like 65 bucks a pound. You're like, oh, it's not worth it. Um, These little little cups of doom to the environment. I don't like them. The amount of waste it creates is just absurd. Yeah, they're expensive. The coffee is stale. They create a lot of waste. You can save. I did some back of the envelope math once. I was like, if you just sit around, you get the cheapest French press at Target. You can save $100,000 over the course of your life drinking way better coffee. And that's my financial tip. You want $100,000 in 40 years? Switch out of those crazy press co- I know a bunch of you are looking at them right now, your Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. Don't do it. Just get a get a get some better coffee and a glass press will last you forever. I've seen one now that are made of mason jars. Those literally, your great 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 grandchildren will still have those. Those mason jars are made for the made for the length of their life. <laughs> All right, this has been super fun. I have been talking to people from Northern Coffee Works and the whole little lovely experience of uh, Angry Catfish and Mend. All these things in South Minneapolis. Um, Thank you so much, Josh and Jeff, for coming in today. I really, I, I, and thank you for bringing me coffee. I should say that too. That's why I'm extra caffeinated today because I had some great Northern Coffee Works coffee. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to come back and then we're going to switch to tea. That's what we're doing. We're going to talk to the founder of Jinx Tea, Next Wave, like spraying aromatics over the top of your tea, all kinds of fun stuff. That's what we have when we come back. Dara here. Yeah, we're having a special coffee and tea post-Thanksgiving spectacular. No one wants to eat anything, right? You got to make it through your leftovers. Very fun. My daughter has been eating just mashed potatoes as porridge for breakfast after Thanksgiving. Just a big bowl of mashed potatoes in the morning. What is wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. Except us adults, I think we need a we need a break. That's why we're talking about the next level in tea. I have Sam Eilers in the studio with me from Jinx Tea. This is kind of a, a new thing. Started out as a food truck in the summer of 2018, and just doing all kinds of very innovative new things with tea. I've got Sam Eilers here in the studio to talk about it. All right, so you, I think this is kind of interesting. You were a born to the coffee part of the world, and then you switched allegiances. Tell people where you... <laughs> right. So my my dad has a strong coffee background, came from Dunn Brothers Coffee, and he left there. So um, he owned Dunn Brothers Coffee. He didn't just Dunn like Brothers. work out, you know, didn't just work there in the afternoons or something. Right. Like, he actually, he was running Dunn Brothers back in the day when that was the absolute cutting edge, uh, doing all the local roasting. And Dunn Brothers, still terrific. Uh, and then, um, so you grew up kind of, 
you know, and the ro- and the Capulets and uh, right. the Montagues. So I, you you grew up in the coffee part the coffee of the world. world. I had the experience of visiting farms, um, drinking coffee from a very young age, um, and I really liked coffee. But uh, we, after we left. My my free coffee kind of dried up, and I started exploring some other beverage options. And you changed teams. You went into yeah. the world of tea, and you founded this place, Jinx Tea. Did you start the coffee, sh- the uh, food truck? Yeah, we started with uh, Chris, his wife Jen, and me. So we kind of developed the concept. I was the guy running the truck, selling all the tea. It was a little truck. Did you? You're a tall guy. Did you have to stoop over all the time? It's hard getting in there, but once you're in there. We made sure the roof was a six one. Oh, so did just you enough to squeeze me in there? <laughs> so you can't yeah. can't wear a hat. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we started doing that. People loved it and um, kind of experimented with different beverages. Um, and then once we had that great reception, we decided we wanted to open up our storefront. Okay, so your storefront is sort of the like as you know, people I think are pretty used to the eyedropper mist fancy cocktail universe. Like as Fancy cocktails are to regular cocktails. That's what your tea is to regular tea. Like you're taking it to a next level. Taking it to the next level, yeah. So it's like bright colors, beautiful textures, and different um, different cocktail inspired themes too going on there. You made me a tea in the green room before we started, and the first thing you did was take out a spray bottle and mist the inside of the cup. Yes. Fancy. Yes. So this is an aromatic spray. That one I think was the Turkish delight, which is an which an orange aromatic spray. So it gives it a nice, you drink it with an open open cup, and it gives it a nice extra element to the drink. It smelled terrific. It was yeah. really just leaping out of the cup. All right, so you do that. Um, I'm familiar with your Woke Punch. That's one of your signature drinks. It's a hibiscus iced tea. And that's a kind of thing that you do in kegs and you, you know, working with restaurants. Yeah, we're starting to get into the wholesale with it. We realized, so our, we kind of designed our truck initially with a, having serving tea on tap. So it's all based off taps. We make our different drinks. Some of them we add. We have um, bubble teas, different cocktail-style teas, so that we add stuff to them. But then some of them also are great standalone, straight-out-the-tap teas. And we realized that, um, you know, other restaurants and cafes and bars around the world around could probably really enjoy having these non-alcoholic options or even as cocktail, cocktail ingredients, too. Yeah, because in an iced tea universe, a lot of it is just the same. People want to switch it up and do something different. So then Jinx Tea enters into the conversation. All right, so I think a lot of people are more familiar with the, you know, the kind of fancy single estate tea experience where you sit down and a person pours hot water over some leaves in a cup and it's very, like, peaceful and beautiful uh, connoisseurship experience. Um, you you get tea from those same plantations, but that's kind of not what you're about. You're not about that old right. you know, 1700s tea experience. Right. So we wanted to use the same really high-quality teas. So we source from Verdant Tea. Um, they have a few small farms in China that they get these really high-quality teas, but we didn't want to be – we wanted to be a little bit more approachable with it, kind of introduce people to the tea, even though we, we – as well, we also have straight-up loose tea. So you can get that experience where you're getting that – just straight teas, really high-quality teas. But we didn't want to um, be pretentious about it and say we can't we can't do new things with it. 
Yeah, I am, uh, unfortunately, in all of my card-carrying wine critic connoisseurship, I do not appreciate green tea. I have tried again and again. It is a failing, I mean, a moral failing, a critical failing, an aesthetic failing. I don't know what. I just can't get on board. I have sat down and tried so many times. People are always giving me gifts of wonderful green tea, and I just, I just don't appreciate it. It all tastes kind of... Uh, different sorts of grassy to me, mm-hmm. and I just can't do it. So I'm happy that there's another kind of tea connoisseurship besides appreciating these single-estate green tea farms because I'd like to be that person. Uh, Bill Addison, who's a good friend of mine, who's a restaurant critic in Los Angeles, he is that person. He loves it. He loves to sit down and try the different green teas. I just don't get it. Um, people think that I will eventually grow into this, people being – green tea connoisseurs. I think I'm I'm officially ready to say, nope, I'm never going to grow into it. So, nah, connoisseurship. What are you going to do? You're into it. You're not into it. But um, I do live with a child who is a bubble tea maniac. He cannot get enough of it. Bubble tea, people don't know. Those are the kind of uh, uh, Asian phenomena where you take tapioca balls. Those are the bubbles. You put them in iced tea. Then you can put some other stuff in there. It's like as malteds are to 1950s diner culture, bubble tea is to 2010s Asian urban culture. Um, You can get a bunch of them all up and down Nicolette Avenue on each street. But you are doing something more. You're taking these bubble teas to the next level. Right. So we're using those really high-quality teas. Like everything on our menu, it's going to be a little less sweet or significantly less sweet than a traditional bubble tea. We're using organic cream, uh, cane, cane sugar, some custom syrups, um, and fruit puree, so real fruits in there. So it's not going to be what somebody who's, who's used to a traditional bubble tea is going to like, but they're going to appreciate the uh, less sweet, kind of more tea-forward, um, and people really like them. Yeah, just like there are chicken nugget restaurants in New York City now where people that grew up in chicken nuggets can get a more handmade finer chicken nugget that'll be what's happening with you like all the teenagers that grew up on bubble tea they're gonna come to you when they're in their 20s and they're looking for something a little less because those bubble teas can be a sugar bomb i can't drink them myself my kids love them and i'm just like oh that's a lot it's a lot of sugar in that cup but you're taking you're doing the next thing yeah so less sugar um real real cream a lot of those places use these powdered mixes and stuff like that we wanted to kind of, I mean, they're good for their for what they are, but not for everybody. Maybe that'll be the new thing: is teenagers will b- drag their parents to you and be like, "Here's a bubble tea that a, for you stodgy people that don't like a cup of sugar in your yeah. <laughs> in your cup." <laughs> right. All right. So you have this shop in south uh, southwest Minneapolis. Uh, tell us about it. So you've you're doing all of these different tea things. It's kind of becoming a tea destination for the tea people. Right. So it's. It's everything's kind of based. The, all the cold drinks are based off on tap. So we have. It looks kind of. You en- enter there and it looks kind of like a bar. It has twelve taps with all these different teas on there. Some of them are pre-kegged cocktail style fizzy drinks. Some of them are just straight up base teas for our other menus and really high quality iced teas. So you can go in there and get if you want to just get a high quality green tea. Not you because you don't. Not like me. That. I can't. I have just wasted on me. Right. Pearls before. But or you can get a green, one of our green tea beverages that has different things added to it. For example, our cherry blossom is a green tea with uh, a white jasmine, and it's got a little cherry in there, lemon, slightly sweet, 
Um, maybe a little bit more approachable for somebody who thinks they don't like green tea. Some people do think that, even <laughs> if they are quite decadent and they surely are wrong and can be changed if only they get the right tea. I don't know. I feel terrible about my my uh, slovenly ways of not green tea appreciating. All right. You got, out there in listener land, you got questions about tea, you can text us. Uh, we are... We are here. We are happy to answer your questions. 651-989-9226. Going to take a little break here. We're going to come back with Sam from Jinx Tea, the new place in southwest Minneapolis that's up in the tea game. (laughs) We'll be back in a minute. Dara here. All right. We're doing all things coffee and tea in our post-Thanksgiving desire to not eat anything. (laughs) <laughs> I uh I've been, you know, just going out the turkey leftovers. That's pretty fun. I'm not quite ready to do the Christmas things. We're going to decorate the tree tomorrow. Maybe that'll that'll get me in the mood to start thinking Christmas cookies. Right now I just can't. I'm not there yet. I've just got to take a break. That's why we're talking coffee and tea. All right, so I've got Sam Eilers here. He just opened this new, or not just, but, you know, just as far as I'm concerned. Opened this new Southwest Minneapolis, next level tea shop called Jinx. Sam, what do you think about the tea scene in the Twin Cities? Here's what I see. There's a lot of kombucha, which is a cold tea that is then added sugar to, and it's fermented to make a beverage. A lot of kombucha. And then I'm not sure what the rest of the tea scene is. What do you see? Um, Well, there's like kind of the traditional tea houses where you can – there's tea source in, there. in St. Paul, which yes. is fantastic. Yeah, they have really great teas. But um, they have, you know, a wide variety of different teas you can get. So if you're looking for a bunch of different things, you can do that. But we wanted to create something that's a little less overwhelming. You know, we don't have a binder full of different teas you can get. We have a select few uh, loose leaf teas you can get in our store. Um, so, yeah, I think it can be overwhelming. And then there's the really sweet Sweetened tea beverages at some of the coffee places, and uh, kind of, kind of, it hasn't really had much innovation in the last, really, for a while. All right, and so I know a lot of people have been trying to ease themselves off soda because that's not a you know that's a frowned upon dietarily to have that much sugar in your universe, and so a lot of people are turning to. Different herbal teas. I have been on a hibiscus tea um, kick in my own house. And one of the things, your woke punch, that's a, a version of hibiscus tea. And so are you finding a lot of people that are trying to, you know, drink something different in their, you know, little treats in the afternoon, but it's not soda? Yeah. So it's a, that one's a carbonated hibiscus. It's brewed with pineapple, ginger, and cinnamon. Um, it has a little bit of added sugar to it, but it's less than half of what you would get in a soda. So it's a nice... It replaces the sugar with some great, great high-quality ingredients and unique flavors. And I was asking you, I was like, who is your customer? You know, people are driving in from Minnetonka for growlers of tea. That's a thing you just, you know, get a big uh, container and take it home. Or is it wholesale? And you were saying there's a lot of people driving in and getting growlers of tea. I was surprised. Yeah, there's not a lot of places where you can do that, one. And then um, also there's... There's like a, I don't I don't know of any other places that have tea on tap like us. So you can't you could bring tea home and try and cold brew it yourself, but we can we could do that all in store, keg it up, and it's all ready to go. So you can come back with a growler and come back every week and get a refill. Yeah, that 
that's nice. I know everybody is very concerned when they're throwing holiday parties that they have a nice non-alcoholic beverage mm-hmm. in addition to uh, whatever alcoholic beverages they're setting out. And so this is a nice, uh, you know, a nice alternative. Right. Yeah. We got we got people in that, that don't drink at all or people who are trying to make a healthy healthy change or go dry where he's coming up. So we've got people who are trying to find something interesting to drink that doesn't have alcohol. Yeah, I, as someone who goes to restaurants all day, all the time, I do find um, there aren't always enough really nice non-alcoholic options. And so I think that mm-hmm. that would be nice if restaurants would have more interesting iced teas and things that are um, that feel special. People have heard me rave about the fact that I went to Demi, Demi, the Gavin Kaysen restaurant, and you can do non-alcoholic pairing there. And they will bring out different teas that are kind of culinarily Focus. I'll be a fancy juniper tea to go with your venison course and things like that. And I think it's just really groundbreaking, fun stuff. All right. So I've been talking to Sam Eilers, one of the founders of Jinx Tea. Took it from the food truck to building. Now he's making fancy tea cocktails, bringing all the tea to the next level. Sam, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So what is going on in our life here on Off the Menu? Well, next week we're going to visit with Steve Horton. Uh, you know how much I love that guy. He is the founder of Bakersfield Bread and Flour. He's doing all of this milling, working with individual local farmers, grain farmers. And uh, I just, his bread is so fantastic. You've heard me rave about that rye toast. How much can one restaurant critic rave in delight about buttered toast like a lot i can go on about this is my favorite thing one of my favorite things of the year is just a loaf of bread for four bucks from bakersfield bread you get a bunch of pieces of toast out of there so filling rye i'm all about rye grain it's a delicious delicious part of our northern culture so he's going to be in here next week we've got jack rebel will be back jack is the chef at the lexington had a, a cancer scare a lot of people are very worried i'm i know that we're going to be excited to uh, visit with him, part of our little restaurant family here. And I hope that your own family is is doing well, dealing well with all the sleet and everything that's happening. You got your uh, boots drying on a, a heating vent somewhere by a radiator. I am picturing you there. I hope that you are having a good post-holiday, sleety, snowy weekend. And I will meet you here back next week. On Off the Menu, we'll be talking bread, and that'll just be a good time, and I'm looking forward to it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.